0: into the context. Me, this. It is Monday, the 12th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Good morning, Shane Lee. How are you?
1: Fantastic, Tim. i tell you what, I went out to watch the Roosters play yesterday and uh, to take on South and I feel battered this morning just watching that, that game. It was a great weekend of footy, wasn't
0: it? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that today. And uh, look, I want to thank King Charles III. Now, that might sound a little weird on our sporting <laughs> podcast, but yesterday I went out to the footy and I took Joey, who's a mad rooster, so he's not all that happy with the result. But uh, the King, because of his proclamation in the city, um, all the trains were for free and they ran on time. I know we were going to the footy, but uh, you yeah, know the <laughs> governments have struggled to do that in Sydney for those oh, that live here or observe what's going on, but uh, yeah, the trains ran on time and they were absolutely free. Um, Long live the king. <laughs> love it. What a show today. Aaron Finch, talk about dethroned. He is walking away from the top level. Of course, he's been in ordinary form. Egan Tech. what about her, the world number one, plus this young, brilliant male player But we'll talk about today, and uh, all the footy finals.
1: In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away.
0: So no fairy tale for Aaron Finch. He's played his last game for Australia in the white ball game last night. I think he might have been a combination of his decision and slightly being nudged.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think Aaron Finch can hold his head extremely high. Um, Yeah, there was no fairy tale finish. He only scored five in in the third the third one-dayer. Um, Australia, looked comfortably winning the game last night, uh, scoring 267. Steve Smith, brilliant, with 105. New Zealand can only muster 242. But, look, Aaron Fitch leaves the game, uh, the, the white ball game, the 50-over game of cricket, um, scoring 5,400 runs at 38 with 17 centuries. Uh, and he captained the team to victory in the World Cup in 2015. Um, and I think he's, he's walking away at the right time,
0: whether he's pushed or not. But uh, yeah, he can hold his
1: head very, very
0: high. Virat Kohli, uh, what do they say? Form Former temporary class is permanent. And it's been a while, but he's, he's hit mm. back the king. He has. He scored his first one day century.
1: It's been 1,021 days. Um, and he got it against Afghanistan, not a, a world dominant <laughs> cricketing nation just yet. Uh, scoring 122. That puts him now equal with Ricky Ponting, 71 international centuries, uh, with only Sachin Tendulkar in front of
0: both of them. Uh, I, I know a lot of Indians would be very, very happy with uh, what he has done. Now, the Aussies in the mixed doubles, we couldn't do it in the, the singles with Kyrgios when he was looking good and Isla Tomjanovic, but the, the mixed doubles, and they've created a little bit of history.
1: Yep. Uh, Storm Sanders and John Pearce, uh, the first Aussie doubles, mixed doubles to win in 21 years. Um, funnily enough, it was the first time they ever played together, uh, neither being past the semi-finals ever before. Mm. And well, they've come together and they get a nice $238,000 payday. So I think they may be playing a little
0: bit more together in the future. It's good Tim. coin, isn't it? It's a massive coin now. Good coin. Now, yeah. what about this guy? They're calling him the next Rafael Nadal. He'll become the youngest player to win a Grand Slam. And, uh, the youngest player prior to that was Leighton Hewitt, of course. He's only 19, this Spanish teenager, Carlos Alcaraz. And, um... He's just had an amazing run. We've been watching his growth over the past 12 months, but now to get into this uh, Grand Slam decider, just superb. Well, he hasn't won a major yet, but they're already comparing him to uh, Nadal,
1: who's won 22, I think. Mm. Uh, But he played his third uh, straight five-set win in a row, and... Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be play on words there with Alcaraz and Alcatraz when you can escape from him, mm. but he's uh, he, he's a real freak, um, currently playing the match right now, so we'll report on that one tomorrow, but yeah, he looks like a real talent of the future. And Iga Tech uh, she's classy, this world number one. Yeah, she's really, really classy, uh, winning her first US Open uh, in straight sets, 6-2, 7-6, and yeah, really dominated um, on Joubert around the court. Um, those two will be coming up against each other quite a bit in the future, I think, it's quite um, thin with talent under, underneath those two, and I think those two will be coming head-to-head quite a bit in the future.
0: We're about to talk about the footy. What would you have to eat?
1: I had quite a few pies, Timmy, just to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, well <laughs>
0: one's not enough and two's not enough, so the third one always tastes nice. All right, we'll break down what happened in the NRL and AFL, plus plenty more just around the corner. After
1: that, sport.
0: Fielding.
1: Resilience. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. As a coach or leader, building organizational resilience into a team or business is paramount to success. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favourite podcast app.
0: Collingwood, Collingwood, what about this game against the Swans? Um, it does happen like this and I'm sure you get it, we've discussed it before, I've already had the phones ringing, any chance mate if they come across the desk, couple of tickets to the Swans, Collingwood, everyone wants to go. Everyone wants to go to this and uh, it will just be heaving, the Sydney Cricket Ground. And uh, this comes after Collingwood demolished Fremantle. And, uh, yeah, last time they played was only a few weeks ago, wasn't it? I think you took Tom out That's to see Collingwood and the Swans and, and the Swans got the chocolates. Yeah,
1: and it was absolutely packed to the rafters that day, mate, so this will be no exception. It will be full capacity there at the SCG. Look, the Cardio Kigs were just too good um, for Frio, winning 79-59. to 59. Jordan Degoe. After the start of the year that he had, you know, in and out and all these issues off the field, he had an absolute brilliant game, 22 disposals, six clearances, uh, and gained 573 metres, which is unheard of. Jack Ginevan, um, genius in front of the post, another three goals for him. He's a he's a real goal sneak. The eerie history, Timmy, that the Swan's going to have to come, come up against, that in mm. VFL, AFL history, every time there's been a change of Monarch, Collingwood have made the grand final. So 1901, 1910, 1936, 1952, and now 2022, will they make the grand final? Hopefully not. 70
0: years? Yeah. Yeah, let's hope not. And uh, look, wouldn't it be great if the Swans make it? Yeah. And after all the garbage of the past couple of years that everyone's had to put up with, including AFL, they'll have the, the you know the parade down the river this year, down yep. the Yarra. So it's all been mixed up. So that's a huge game this weekend. And what about Melbourne Demons going out in, in straight sets? Luca, Luca Muller won't be happy about this, but the Brisbane Lions... Got him. Yeah, Luca
1: Muller was going to be very, very upset. (laughs) He he loves his Ds. Um, The Lions were just too good, and it was pretty much um, the second half where they dominated. Uh, They kicked 11 goals to five in the second half. A bit of a genius move, taking Jared Berry um, from the wing to an on-baller role uh, to shut down Clayton Oliver. Um, Clayton Oliver has been the heart and soul with Petrarca. (laughs) Um, of, that, of that Demons team the last year, and they shut him down. Petrarca looked lame to me, um, and with those two midfielders, not at their best, um, the result reflected it. So,
0: yeah, great win by the Lions. Sin bin Sunday, they're calling it. The most amount of sin bins oh. in any game, South Sydney, the Roosters. And, and look, they need to do something. And the, a couple of suggestions that I want to make and get your thoughts on mm. it this morning. Now, Thomas Burgess, in my opinion, should have been sent from the field because yep. uh, he just... He took Tedesco out. He's the best player in the world, arguably, Tedesco. And as soon as he was gone, the Roosters' chances of winning just plummeted mm. to, to virtually zero. So if you had, uh, come at a head knock, he got, he did it about two or three times, Burgess, in the game. So he couldn't come back. I, I reckon you sin been a player uh, who is the... The, you know, the antagonizer yeah. or the protagonist in a moment like that. And if they fail their HIA, you don't come back. You don't come back. And also, I think that they should immediately ignite the 18th man rule to bring in as soon as you even have one mm. player go off concussed.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It, it wasn't just Burgess throwing the high ones out there. Both teams were guilty of it. Mm. Um, it, it was a brutal match. Uh, I, I said that before the start of the game. I think I sent something on Instagram saying this is going to be a mm. bash up and it was didn't disappoint. I, I felt physically, not ill, but physically flat just watching it. So you just imagine what the players were going through it, the pace was incredible. Latrell Mitchell, to me, geez, he's a big game player. As much as you can love him or hate him, depending on what team you go for, he's a superstar. And and he stood up. And yeah, they, um, the, I think South now play the Sharks. Um, I think the Sharks has got a good chance of winning after just that violent game that both teams endured.
0: Yeah, well, yet yeah, they do. They play at Allianz Stadium, ironically. That'll mm. happen on Saturday night. The Sharks take on the Rabbitohs. And yeah, it is Latrell Mitchell. He's a phenomenal player. You've got him on one side and you had... Tedesco on the other. As soon as you take one of those two out of it, your marquee sort of X-Factors go. And then on Friday night, this is going to be a cracker, this Parramatta-Canberra game. And uh, Combat Stadium at Parramatta will be absolutely heaving. Of course, the Raiders got on top of Melbourne. Uh, Parramatta went down to Penrith the other day. But uh, the other other game that really caught my eye on the weekend was this North Queensland-Cronulla. It was an absolute... Breathtaking moment, wasn't it, when uh, Valentine Holmes kicked that two-point field goal? Well,
1: I reckon I was busting to go to the toilet about 15 times there and I couldn't walk away from the front of TV. <laughs> <laughs> tying, tying a knot. Yeah, thank goodness. I, I don't need uh, plastic sheets on my lounge just yet, but uh, it, it was a fantastic match, mate. It was 32-30, um, as you said. The, the icing of the game was by Valentine's home, the former Cronulla player himself, that wasn't going to be a
0: 48-metre field goal. It was huge. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was a fantastic game of footy. So North Queensland and Penrith now both get a rest. Uh, they will have home preliminary finals in a couple of weeks, and these other four teams have got to bash it out this weekend. Look, there you were at the game. I was at the game yesterday, and it was you know my son, who's 13, stood there and, and, and acknowledged, like... 99% yep. of the crowd acknowledged that moment silence for Queen Elizabeth II. And there were a couple of dickheads, yeah. weren't there? And and I, and he even said it to me. He goes, oh, you can't account for those types, can you? And look, it, it happened, I, I don't know. There was probably, what, six or seven people yeah. yelling, doing stupid stuff, and it didn't sound like they were kids.
1: No, it didn't sound like they were kids at all. And um, as you said, Timmy, 99.9% of people were respectful. And there's always a couple of idiots that want to... I think it's funny at the time, but I think... Upon reflection, if they look back at it in the future, they'll see how pretty stupid they were.
0: Yeah, they call uh, Mark Winterbottom mm. Frosty, which is a great nickname. One of the great nicknames, Winterbottom. Uh, but uh, he, he wasn't he he wasn't real happy yesterday, and those weren't happy with him because uh, he got pushed and abused for what uh, was called a bell ringer crash that they reckon he started.
1: Yeah, and so he went into pit lane to apologise to Will Brown, who then shoved him um brown then doubling down saying mate you wouldn't even apologize on tv so you, obviously you don't mean it um look it's high tension these cars are going at breakneck speed and a little or a, um, an ignorant sort of move can cause someone their life so you can see why they're upset but uh yeah there's no love lost between those two no not
0: at all not at all at the moment uh uh, that that will simmer for quite some time. Now, look, uh, we are sort of now deep into the start of the English Premier League. We've seen a few weeks of it. You've got a, uh, a nice little story to, to to wrap us up today.
1: Well, I was coming home from the footy last night after having a few beers and um, the elite bet box out there at, uh, at the stadium, and I was still a little bit hungry. I, I started thinking about getting quick Chinese feed on the way home, Tim. And, but you know the thing when you eat Chinese food, you're always hungry not long after. But it, just, it reminded me of um, a, a guy I got to know out here in Australia called Keith Wyness, who became the manager or of, um, of the CEO of the Evident Football Club. And he was the mm. first um, uh, European team to sign a Chinese goalkeeper and okay. um And he was really, really happy with that. It was a good sign the guy was apparently very talented um but when he was interviewed, um he said that it was it was a great move from the club to sign this Chinese goalkeeper because they would sell most shirts and apparel into China and make most of the money back to pay for the rest of the football team. But he said, unfortunately, fifteen minutes later after I signed him, I felt like signing another one, <laughs> referring to how hungry you feel after you have a Chinese meal. I thought that was
0: brilliant, yeah. Oh, that, that, that happens with some people But I tend to order that much It, uh, it never happens uh, My son and I actually ironically popped in oh. For some Chinese last night And we had the satay chicken The honey king prawns The Mongolian lamb The double fried rice The dim sims So no, nah, we didn't need a second go Well done That's it for Afternoon Sport today Make sure you hit follow or subscribe Wherever you listen Big thank you to our sponsors
1: Yeah, thank you to our fantastic sponsors Barclay Pierce Capital They're just a phone call away.
0: Absolutely. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, we are back tomorrow with your Daily Dose of Sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like Lunch with Lee. Former cricketer Shane Lee talks to celebrities, sports people, musicians, politicians, and more about sports, music, and business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.